Welcome to the Women's Cycling Weekly Podcast. I'm Amy and with me is Tilda. Hey Tilda, how's it going? Hey Amy, I'm okay. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I love how we're like talking to each other like we haven't just been speaking for the last hour off mic already. Um, I mean, let's tell it like it is. It's an hour and a half. This is how long it takes to record pretty much 15 minutes of intro at least (laughs) two hours. (laughs) Yeah, block that one off in the diary next week. (laughs) This week, I guess, on the podcast is Elle Jaskowska, who is the founder of the School of Rocks, um, which if you are a paid subscriber, you will have heard about on Wednesday. Um, but if not, then the School of Rocks is basically a grassroots initiative to get um, more women into off-road riding. So it's a six-week course um, that's made really fun. It's really casual. Like it's called School of Rocks, but it's not it's not like school. And it goes from sort of like the basics of off-road riding up to some slightly more techie elements. And she just kind of started it off her own back in Bristol back in 2020. And it's now expanded globally. It's in the US, um, coming up maybe in Japan. It's in places all over Europe. So super interesting. And I just think a really cool uh, initiative that aligns with what we're all about um but before we hear from Elle let's have a look at this week's news so as we kind of talked about in the newsletter last week it's getting pretty quiet hey it is which partly I'm glad for as a journalist uh after a bit of a crazy season but also it does mean we're a bit fun on the ground for our newsletter yeah we are but we'll see how we go because there's still a little bit to talk about this week actually um a few news stories um First of all, the Liv have renewed their sponsorship of the white jersey at the Tour de France Femme, which is good news. Um, I mean, there is supposed to be the news that Anamik is going to target the Giro and the Tour, which I did say I wasn't going to mention because I don't think it's actually news, but there we are. People seem to think that's news. It's a little bit, is the Pope, Pope Catholic, you know? Like, <laughs> we all assumed she was going to, right? I mean, why wouldn't you last season do the double-double? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, maybe it wasn't always a given, but it just seems it would it would be more news if she said she wasn't going to, I think. Um, but anyway, and in some transfer news, we've got a last minute move to UAE for Lizzie Holden from Lakol Wahoo, which I think is a really good step for her up into the world tour. I think it's been a long time coming. Um, I'm definitely not biased on that one. Um, and elsewhere on the kind of transfer team front um human powered health have said that they are actively looking for, to fill another spot on their team so they've got 13 at the minute and they have space for 14 riders is that right if i got the numbers right yeah 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 that's right so uh good to point out that teams are allowed 20 or 22 but no right uh, no teams have kind of the money for those kind of spaces but they've got enough money for 14 so they would like to fill the extra one and one that we haven't actually got written down here but just has come into my mind when we're talking about this stuff is that what on earth is going on over at B&B hotels because yeah it's it's supposed they're supposed to be building a women's team for next year which Audrey Cordon Rago was supposed to be like fronting but we've not really heard much about them they were supposed to have a team launch a few weeks ago that got postponed there's all sorts of rumors about whether they've got enough money um so 
yeah bit of a bit of a weird one over there but I don't really want to speculate too much or like you know kind of imply that it's not actually happening when we don't really have anything solid at the moment on that one I don't think so no but it is definitely late in the day for things to be happening or not happening and just hope that any riders who were involved with that um have other avenues to explore now definitely and I think Audrey is a big name to be without a team at this late stage in the year um but there could be if B&B doesn't work out um the potential for her to ride for SD Wicks if they do take up the brand new maternity cover clause that the UCI have added to um the regulations um because Chantal Vanderbrook Black has announced that she is pregnant so she won't be racing for the 2023 season um and yeah per this new um rule SD Works are allowed to contract a rider who's out of contract I worded that terribly but yeah so as long as someone doesn't already have a contract with a continental level or world level team for 2023 they can cover um Vanderbilt Black's um position at, at SD Works so it'll be really interesting to see if they take that up because she's an integral part of that squad um who I think will really see a gap if she isn't, you know, not that she's replaceable, like for like, but like somebody of a similar skill set that can help riders like Demi Vollerin. So there's that. And also Sylvia Persico, who was third at the Cyclocross World Championships last year. This year? January, wasn't it? Yeah. This yeah. year. Oh my God, what year is it? Last what season. Is it? Last Cyclocross season, yes. Um, She's going to... I was wondering the other day if she was going to actually race um, cross this year, and she is. So she's going to start her season. Um, when is she going to start her season? Uh, she's doing some Italian races this month, and then she is racing her first World Cup in December, I believe. So a bit of a shortened season, which understandable because she's been smashing it on the road all year. Um, but it is good to see her back, and especially, you know, we like to see some representation from countries apart from... Belgium and the Netherlands in the in the cyclocross so to have some Italian riders coming through is always good to see and we love Sylvie Pesco over here don't we so I just love to see her, to see her racing yeah I think she's just one of the kind of she's just a huge talent that's kind of like snuck up on us a bit in the last couple of years so yeah nice to see her back racing cross um and finally the Zwift Academy finals get underway next Monday the 14th and there's five finalists um for the women who are all competing obviously for a contract with Canyon Ram. so look out for that and I guess they're doing the series again and we'll find out who has won in December so yeah Love Island and cycling crossover once again with that one the reality show and that's it that's the week in women's cycling so Without further ado, let's hear from Elle. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Elena Yaskovska. Hello. Uh, uh, Elle is the founder of School of Rocks, which is a really cool initiative um, to get more women into off-road cycling. So hi, Elle. Welcome to the pod. And how are you today? Hello, thanks for having me. I am good, thank you. I've just about dried out. I got caught in the rain cycling back from pastries and coffee this morning, which was a little bit miserable, but all in the name of pastries and coffee. 
it's worth it surely yeah it's worth it <laughs> it's really good <laughs> Um, so before we get into School of Rocks, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background in, in cycling, kind of, yeah. Um, ooh, what a question. Um, so I got into cycling, well, I guess I was always, I always had a bike to like ride around. So I grew up in like rural West Wales and we were really lucky in that we had like a big garden and we had like a little road that there was maybe three cars a day so it was so safe and quiet so we used to like go up and down the lane on our bikes and use our bikes as a way as kids of like riding around like riding around to our friends houses or doing like you know little trips and stuff um and so bikes have kind of always been in my life um in a way and then I kind of got into cycling for like fit or like social and fitness when I was writing up my PhD and I wanted to procrastinate a bit harder um I joined um, my local road club at the time the Cowley Road Condors um who are amazing and you should definitely have uh, like Cheryl on the pod because what they have done for improving female representation in the club is absolutely amazing um and that was a, that was like the best place for me to get into to road cycling and it kind of reminded me of you know why I like being outdoors like being able to escape the city into the countryside um and I loved it and um probably yeah like most things I don't do half measures and so I think after having like my third ride I did was like the Rafa Women's 100 and then after like a couple of months I was really silly and signed up to do the TCR um and then I got wow. into Audax and just like, I'm just an idiot. I just do, don't, don't like, <laughs> don't do things sensibly. Um, and then a lot of that stuff didn't go very well. <laughs> like I scratched from TCR, but I kept going with Audax and with long distance riding. And my partner actually got me into off-road riding and he uh, used to be a very, still is a very good mountain biker. He used to race profe- like semi-professionally or professionally. Um, and so he, he's also very patient. That's an important thing to remember. And he kind of like got me into off-road riding. And I was like, this is amazing. This is, in my opinion, so much better because you, coming back, like you get to properly explore and go to cool places off-road and then I kind of saw my female friends because they didn't have a Liam they didn't have someone to kind of gently coach them and show them new places to ride off-road and kind of encourage them in that way and I kind of realized how hard it is actually um, to get into off-road riding because it's quite complicated Um, but that's kind of where I am now like I I love doing off-road riding I still love doing long rides bikepacking but definitely more of an explorer than a racer although my friends did bully me they didn't bully me they were very nice but (laughs) I did do some hill repeats last night with my racing friends and you know when you're just like oh I just don't oh yeah I really I'm not very good at like burying myself in the pain cave (laughs) oh yeah hill repeats why would you do that if you don't have to (laughs) 
I know I think I just did it for the social thing you know when you're working at home all day by yourself and you haven't really seen another person and then some of your your good mates are doing um you know interval hill repeats and you're like well if it means I get some human contact (laughs) (laughs) what an indictment of working from home that is No, I, it's true though. If, you, if you've got, you know, some people to meet or somewhere that you've like said you're going to be, it, it's much better and easier to get out to exercise. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping I was going to be quite late, and they would have already started the session, and then I, I would be able to be like, <laughs> "Oh no, sorry guys. Oh well, I'll just go and do a couple of like trail laps by myself." And um, I know they were waiting for me. <laughs> Darn it! <laughs> There's no escape oh gosh um so then from that how did school of rocks come about so like I mentioned I saw a lot of my um female friends like over lockdown and stuff they were they were finding like secondhand cross bikes or maybe they were buying gravel bikes on cycle to work and they were definitely off-road curious um and also I had had spent two years working at Kamut and working in the kind of community and partnership space. And I could kind of see that there was all this potential for off-road riding, but whenever it was like events and things like that, I'd always see the same people. And so I, you know how you kind of, you see lots of things that are suggesting that people are trying to open, you know, outdoor exploration to new people and kind of, re- you know, reduce some of those barriers. But I wasn't really seeing any evidence of it actually like, working or pulling through and and I could see this in my friends that they were maybe going on one ride they'd find they'd found a gpx or something on the internet they'd go for a ride and be like oh I ended up on this really scary rocky descent and uh and and it and you know it put them off riding again or um or they just go on like one or two rides and not really carry over any like skill or confidence from one ride to the other um and so I kind of just thought well I've got a bit of time on my hands I just finished I basically I'd quit my job at Kamut um and I was kind of looking for something like to channel my creative energy into and so I was just like right well I'll just take my friends on like six weeks and we'll do a new route every week um and I just called it Elle's Gravel School and that's what we, we would do we had like a WhatsApp group and every week we do a new route and what was happening was if people didn't if people weren't free on the day that we were doing the ride they would ride it on another day and submit it as like their homework and they'd maybe send a screenshot of the the Strava activity or they'd send a selfie or something and be like oh I'm just doing my homework and then halfway through one of the partners was like no 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 you should call it school of rocks and did like a little um like a face in hole thing of like me as Jack Black but instead of a guitar a track pump like dressed up as Mr. Mr. Schneebly um and people started DMing me on social media saying I wish we had this in Cardiff I wish we had this in Edinburgh and I kind of thought well there's no reason why we couldn't and so after I finished the initial six weeks in Bristol I was kind of set about thinking well how can I write up what I've done and what I've learned in a way that would allow other people to replicate this. Um, and that's when Iris Slappendale got in touch and was like, we'd really like to support this. Um, 
And so um, she was really generous and they gave us some money for things like subscriptions and stuff to get us going. Um, and also gave us some uh, some of Lexi's time to help us with the marketing and the comms. Um, and so then in the following September, we launched to 11 locations around the UK and Europe. And then this year we kind of expanded a bit um, into the US. And then Emma Pooley's been running a school in Switzerland. We've got somebody running a school of rocks in Dubai. Um, Iris and Lexi just came back from Japan and they were like, oh, we think we might have found you some people to do School of Rocks in Japan. So, yeah, it's kind of catching, which is exciting. And how does it feel like seeing it grow in this way? Obviously, it started as very tiny and I assume you didn't imagine that this is where you'd be um, kind of at this point. So, yeah, what what was it like seeing your kind of tiny project now become this like literally worldwide thing? I feel a real sense of responsibility to like make like make it serve the purpose that it was set up to serve um and also to think about how it needs to change in order to be able to you know be more international or like you know what infrastructure do we need to have you know it starts to change and and that's been quite hard in a way because it all started like it's really easy to manage something when it's just like a whatsapp group with like you know 15 or so of your friends and then and and now it's like yeah I think at last count maybe 300 people um so then we set up like a discord server to try and help help with like that but I think but this is like an example of like it's oh it's just such so trial and error because then you introduce like a different platform into people's lives and they that can be quite hard to like get people to use it so then you're like how do I really like how do I like enable it to grow and scale and but also empower people to run their local community in the way that works best for that community because that's going to be quite different for a community in the US versus like maybe in the UK or even within the UK like Cardiff, Bristol and Edinburgh for example are all quite different so it's like how do I how do I think about that core school of rocks like supporting infrastructure and how does that enable all this magic to happen? Well are you working on kind of like a standardized kind of thing or how what does the future look like with that? Yeah, so the like the absolute like core of it is the six weeks. Um, so we call it the curriculum because I love puns. Um, and so the, the the six week curriculum is essentially like breaks down all the different elements of off road riding. So in like the first week, you just do flat gravel, um, like you barely even notice you're riding off road. It's so smooth and lovely. Um, and then gradually introducing climbing descending like cornering single track and then like looser surfaces but introducing them in a way that you don't feel like super intimidated by it and then the idea is at the end of the six weeks we graduate and you do a ride that you would never have envisaged envisage yourself doing at the beginning of the six weeks you know so at the beginning you might have come across like a rocky bridleway and gone oh my gosh no you tried to grab a bike down that <laughs> and by the end you're like yeah come at me <laughs> 
Um, and so that's that's like the core, like the core of the, I guess, like the core of the school. I think in terms of what's next, I would love to do some like regional or like certainly in the UK, do some regional or national kind of meetup slash events because I just like having done a few <laughs> school inspections <laughs> where I've just like gone and, and ridden with some different schools. Like it's just such an awesome community of, of like-minded women and non-binary riders that I just think if you've got all these people together in one place, it would just be magic. So that would be super, super cool to be able to do. Um, but I think the emphasis is always going to be on the local communities and making those as sustainable as they can be. So like one of the challenges I think in in all grassroots cycling is that everything runs off like volunteers and, and goodwill and like people's spare time. And obviously with women, you know, we do <laughs> take on our more than our fair share of unpaid work in society. And so it's just making sure that our like we call them rock stars, um, like the school leads. Um, and it's just making sure that they are supported and that we have new like whether it's ride leaders coming through or just supporting people to do what they can to help because I think like it's all great to have like a one-off event that brings people together but actually what we're about is like it's empowering these local communities because that's what that's what you can do every day right you can't go to an event every weekend but you can go for a bike ride in your local area and that's the kind of change that we want to see. Oh, I was just gonna say like how how challenging it is how challenging is it for you to kind of try and stay connected to all the like growing new I want to say you use the word campuses for the different little chapters but is that kind of yeah because you kind of I don't know you want to stay connected to them but also not as you were saying try and tell local communities what what they have to do for their um membership yeah I think it probably I'm probably like more on the light touch end of the spectrum partly because I'm currently working full-time um on something totally like something totally different um so I'm more light touch, I think, because that's just, you know, so I'd like to say it's because I'm a very trusting person. <laughs> I think it's just that I'm a little bit spread too thin, but it is really hard. And I think in the beginning it was, it, you know, it was a lot of time to kind of like, almost like coaching people. Like even Emma Pooley was like, I'm not sure I'm good enough to do a school of rocks. And I was like, you're Emma freaking Pooley. <laughs> like if you're not good enough to do this like what chance have the rest of us got kind of thing so um there's a lot of I'd say like a lot of coaching sometimes with people to to make them realize that they can be a leader and that there's lots of different um like there's lots of different ways that somebody can be a leader um within their local community um and I think I you know ideally I would have the time I think what would will probably come in like a future evolution is hopefully we manage to get enough like funding or sponsorship and actually it could support me or somebody else full-time and not sorry not full-time like part-time like a few days a week to actually like you know properly coach the school leaders the rock stars um and support them in a way that's like this is the school of rocks but like your interpretation of it because I think like we have this core you know curriculum and this like core product but that's only gonna work if it's interpreted in the right way for that community um so it's at like it's so important 
to take what people say about what will or not work where they are um but it's like at the moment it's all on like a person by person basis and it's all on like personal relationships and I think like I you know I'd love to keep it that way because that's where you get um I think that's where you get the most value and I think that's one of the most unexpected things that's come out of it is like it was all about empowering women in off-road riding but actually it's done an awful lot in terms of unlocking like potential within community leaders and and like showing people that there's lots of different ways that you can lead as a woman and like lead with vulnerability so you don't have to be the best rider that you've ever met to be a rock star and in in some ways it's actually better if you are you know leading with vulnerability and showing that you're scared because that's way more relatable to somebody who's new to off-road riding and actually if you turned up and you were Rachel Atherton you know you, you'd probably be like yeah it's all right for you to do that because you're Rachel Atherton but like how how am I going to do that whereas if somebody turns up and they're like oh really stressful day at work you know and they've played all this other stuff going on and they're like oh I'm a bit scared of this like that's way easier I think to relate to for me anyway but also if Rachel Atherton wanted to get involved if she's listening then uh, <laughs> Tilda would love that as a downhill fan, eh? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> um, but was that was that your approach then with the original school, kind of just going in as like, look, I'm not an expert either, but let's kind of go at this together as a group? Yeah, yeah, it was definitely like um, just like a friend taking some friends out. And I think that's kind of how the vibe has stayed, having gone and, and ridden with some other groups, which is really nice. Like it's not, um, you know, if people want some pointers, um, then like people are always more than happy to to share, but it's definitely not, a, it's not like going for a, a coach session. Um, and we have got some people within the School of Rocks community who are like mountain bike coaches or British cycling coaches and that's awesome and like we can tap into that like if we want to but it's kind of all about just like yeah learning together I guess and like not you know learning through play more than like focused learning like we go for a ride and we have fun um it's called School of Rocks because that makes it feel accessible and like represents it as what it is which is somewhere where you go to like improve and it's also somewhere that you might go as a beginner um but yeah it's actually it's, it's not really focused I wouldn't say it's like focused learning <laughs> it's more just like going for a ride and they like happen to get harder and you happen to learn stuff but you don't really realize because you're having fun sounds like a nice kind of school <laughs> everyone needs to go and look at the school of rocks instagram because the the graphics and the really cool little um I don't know what you've called it but there's like a, a booklet with like every week on there and then like people have written down yeah, can you actually talk us through that a little bit, actually? Because uh... yeah, yeah. Um, so the graphics are done by um, an artist called Chloe. Uh, she's Chloe Studios on Instagram. Um, but yeah, so we've called it the Passport to Adventure, um, and it's like it's kind of inspired by like brevet cards in Audax, and so it's partly to ha- try and help people reflect on how far they've come. So they like note down each week uh, maybe something that they've learnt um or something that they enjoyed on the six-week term and then there's also um on the other side we've got our kind of like building resilient communities 
like I don't call it a challenge but it's kind of like trying to like prompt people of like different ways that they could give back to the community or get involved so there's like feel the fear and do it anyway like be open to learning and even more open to sharing knowledge um share a mechanical skill bring some snacks bring along a buddy um you know like maybe arrange a meetup or offer to co-lead a ride um have a go at planning a route um and so it's kind of like a fun little way of trying to nudge people towards getting actively involved in the community as well and and not just um not just being like a um like a passive member um although there's nothing wrong with that because people have different amounts of capacity but it was kind of like oh yeah we really want these communities to endure and that means that they need to rely on you know more than just like three dedicated volunteers for example um so trying to trying to kind of prompt everyone to like do what they can when they feel like they can there are kind of different conversations and thoughts about like having spaces for women only and having like mixed spaces and what do you think it is that kind of makes in concepts like this like in circumstance in some circumstances women kind of just thrive a lot better in female-led environments because I mean I know I, I would be so intimidated by if there was like a mixed mountain biking event like that would be too scary for me but it feels like so much more open when it's just women and do, do you think that kind of is the way that things kind of can work best especially uh for beginners like to just have a really kind of safe space in that respect and also off-road as well actually like particularly it seems yeah there's quite a lot to unpack there I think because there's a th- mm. I think there's a, there's also a difference between being in a women only or like women dominated space and a space that's actually led by women because you could have for example you could have a, a group which is you know a, like a group ride for example which being which is being led by a woman but it's still because it's been open like you know, anybody can come along women still end up being in the minority and then even then you have a woman leading and you have that like wonderful positive influence of the matriarchy but it can be quite hard from my experience sometimes to uh rein in some of the competitive masculinity if it goes that way um so I think partly as a beginner it um or even in 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 general I think it's really nice to be in a in a women-led space because I think women have a lot of not to generalize but you know women can have a lot of different qualities and they have a different way of leading which is often much more empathetic and much more sort of collaborative you know so rather than right this is what we're going to do it's like how's everybody feeling today should we have a go at this and 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 I think that slightly more gentle approach to leadership and certainly more vulnerable um again not to generalize um there are some great vulnerable male ride leaders that you know I've, I've I've had the pleasure of meeting but yeah I think so I think that's really important and then I also think being in a an environment which is female dominated or female only again it's just that different dynamic isn't it I feel like you can almost let your guard down um a little bit um especially I don't think for me personally it doesn't matter that much if I'm with people that I know and like guys that I trust but especially when you're learning to ride 
or you're sort of in this process of 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 building confidence I think it's it is really nice it's just I don't it's really hard to quantify it isn't it until you've been in like a women only environment and like some of the I remember some of the um the autumn rides that we did in our first year and it was just such an amazing like supportive group of women and and we would do I remember like sessioning this like it wasn't super steep but it was quite loose and rocky little section and I remember thinking to myself oh I should have um because I I I knew that I knew the trail and but I hadn't ridden it for a while and I'd put it in the route and I remember thinking to myself oh I should have wrecked this because this is a little bit harder than what I think I would have put in if I'd known how the trail had changed over the year and um but everybody just had a go at it and everybody rode down it you know at their own at their own speed at their own pace some people would like one foot and clip just to like keep them steady and it was just something about everybody was just laughing and having fun and it was just this incredible support you know supportive atmosphere and I just don't and and then the flip side of that is actually in Bristol there's a group that I volunteer with called Cycling Sisters and that's uh, sort of teaching sort of like bikeability type skills to uh, Muslim women, um, victims of human trafficking and refugees. And when you put faith into the mix, you know, that 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 is absolutely it's it's just insane. That it's like you see a totally different side of someone when they're in a women's only environment. You know, as soon as as soon as all the. <laughs> all the men are kind of you know shut off you know the headscarves come off and and everybody becomes this you know this really um just in, entirely different person you know you, you see the personality come come out in a way that you know they they keep that private you know it, it's it's there's that distinction between kind of like what you show the world um or what you show you know men who aren't your husband or your family um I'm describing this really badly and it's probably really NPC, but it's, it's just like, you have to be so mindful of that, especially when we think about, you know, we want to increase representation of, of different faiths um, and people of different racial backgrounds within cycling, actually making sure that we provide women only spaces is really important. So yeah, sorry, that's a really long winded response. I'm not sure I answered the question. (laughs) No, I guess it's a really, like you said at the beginning, like it's a really broad thing like it it is really hard to pin down exactly what makes it um feel so much more um comfortable for women in that situation but it I mean yeah it is definitely there and and initiatives like this are what make like you know that helps what we're trying to say (laughs) is if you haven't experienced the joy and magic of a like women led like women only space within the outdoors you should seek it out or start something because it can be really a real transformative experience and it's also hugely beneficial I think for anybody who is underrepresented um, within the outdoors so whether that's non-binary trans or just people who don't feel like they fit this like quite narrow mold of of you know quite often what we're told like what a, what a real inverted commas cyclist is um and I think, you know, that's where the, that's where the change is coming. Um, but yeah, it is just, it's just special and they should exist and they can exist alongside mixed spaces um, because, you know, ev- everything has its, has its value, right? 
and I equally, I equally, I think, um, oh, this is a total aside. Have you seen the Netflix documentary, The Ponds? No. It's, it's great. So it's about the Hampstead Heath ponds. And, you know, they have the women's pond, the male pond, and the mixed pond. And the documentary follows them all year round. And it's amazing because I've obviously, like, I've never been a fly on the wall in a men's only environment but they film some conversations with the men who swim all year round together. They're called like the East German ladies swimming club or something like that. Um, But actually the conversations that they have when they're in their safe space and the vulnerability that they show is really great. And it's like, actually this isn't, this isn't just about, you know, women only spaces for women. Like there need to be spaces for everyone to be able to feel themselves to be able to be vulnerable and to feel like they can drop that mask that they might, you know, put on when they step out of the door. And, and I think that's really important for everyone. Yeah, definitely. Um, and going back to the kind of structure of the School of Rocks, um, once somebody has graduated, did I say that? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, what kind of happens then? Do they... Do some of them go on to be um, rock stars? Is there a kind of intermediate next level? What's What does it look like? So it's kind of, it's up to anyone. So the, the idea of having graduation is almost like, not that anybody needs external validation to be a rider, but it's almost like to, to, like to tell people like, you know, go out into the world, you know, do what you want to do, do what you want to do, be what you want to be. Uh, you know, if you want to stay within the School of Rocks, then that's great. And loads of people have become either rock stars and they've taken over running schools as the previous person has kind of like stepped down or they've become ride leaders or got involved in other ways. Like maybe they do the socials and stuff behind the scenes or they help with the route planning. Um, but then it's also like if you want to go out into the wider world or if you want you know even if you've been looking at that event or that um organized ride you know go and you know like you've graduated you belong <laughs> you are you know you are a gravel cyclist or a mountain biker or adventure cyclist or whatever you want to call it stupid terminology um and it's kind of like yeah you know go 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 do whatever you want to do um and hopefully yeah people want to come back and they want to get involved um even if it's not like full time, you know, just coming back when a term is running, maybe and offering to run a ride or, you know, if they go and do an amazing adventure over the summer, maybe they'll come back and like, you know, share some pictures and give a little bit of a talk or maybe like do, um, we did an unpacking event in Bristol where we kind of like, like, oh, you know, so rather than doing like kick grids or whatever, just like, okay, this is what I took on my trip and this is where I packed it. And like, just like slowly unpacking their bike packing bags. So yeah, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a rite of passage. It's not the same as like, you know, real life graduating or getting married. But it is kind of it. We want it to be that thing where it's like you, you are a, you are a real gravel cyclist, and don't let anybody tell you otherwise. I mean, if you've got the completed passport, that's yeah, that's that's all you need, right? Exactly. Yeah, but also you don't, you know, you don't need to do this to be a real gravel cyclist. I'm not saying that either. It's just, yeah, it's just a little fun thing to be like, you belong. Don't let people intimidate you out. Um, and then I, and am I right in thinking as well that, um, as well as the skill stuff, there's also kind of workshops on 
um, mechanics and things like that. Because I think one of the things about off-road cycling that can be really daunting is the need to do a bit more like bike maintenance and know a bit more about things like tire pressure and what tires and stuff that I have no idea about basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we kind of do it, um, this is stuff that will often be done on like a local basis, although we're having some exciting discussions at the moment that might lead to something a little bit more um, national within the UK, at least, and a bit more structured. But yeah, so we'll do like on a, on a ride, we'll normally like stop and like, if we are about to do something that is a bit more, like we, we've ridden out to where the trails might be and we might stop and have a squeeze of each other's tires and be like okay let's see what we think and I mean I've got no idea um but we're kind of generally kind of like oh I think that might be a bit hard let me there out of that or you know um figure that out ourselves and then um in Cardiff uh I think called Ride Bikes Wales they hosted us for a, a mechanics night um I think Edinburgh have done similar um and then in School of Rocks London I think they've got a few mechanics within the group as well um and so that's really good to have that that knowledge um and then we'll also do like yeah if somebody gets a puncture or whatever on the on a ride it's almost like a bit of a <laughs> live demonstration <laughs> no pressure if somebody tries to wiggle a worm into their tire um but yeah it's like it's one of these things at the moment it kind of happens a little bit ad hoc we try and but it, and it's it's totally down to the the rock stars and how comfortable they are with stuff um but yeah we'd love we'd love to be able to do something maybe a bit more a bit more structured um and obviously because at the moment we are just like a ragtag bunch of randoms um you know everything ends up being outdoors or unless we can find somewhere to host us so that would be quite that's like definitely something that's on the like partnership roadmap is somebody who can help us out with some occasional use of dry warm spaces because <laughs> there's nothing worse than trying to do a demonstration in the cold and the dark and so yeah there's a few things like that which we'd love to yeah we'd love to do a bit more of because that's definitely a thing and that could be a, a total like deal breaker right that you might be perfectly happy riding around the woods on a school of rocks ride but you would never go by yourself if you're just not sure or anxious about what you know what might happen um so yeah there's definitely like we try to build in where we can elements of that like self-reliability yeah I mean you, you mentioned a lot of things there that kind of on your radar for the future but what's kind of like immediately next like what are you working on at the moment at the moment it's a bit of a so the next thing we're doing we're doing a meetup in the forest of Dean on the 27th of November is that right let me check my calendar I just saw it on sure Instagram what... it I think it is yeah <laughs> yeah 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 so Sunday 27th of November I'm not sure when this goes out um but yeah this week gonna... this week sweet okay so plug 27th of November <laughs> we're just having a meet up at the Forest of Dean um which is kind of like come along and we'll do a bunch of different rides if people want to have a go at hiring a mountain bike um and ride the trails on a mountain bike if they want to do a gravel ride if they want to you know just come for lunch and you know then that's kind of all pretty open so yeah that's on the Instagram um I did see cake as well just to add yeah a little... yeah it the cafe there is really really good cake <laughs> the portions are 
yeah definitely like hungry cyclist size they've got their audience um yeah nailed and then next year we're going to carry on running our terms so this with the spring spring slash summer term worked really well for us this year so we're going to carry that on and it's it's just like a really good time of year to do it so in the northern hemisphere I guess and in the UK it's kind of like end of April um, early May is when we kick that off and that just works really well because it's just as everything's kind of drying out the evenings are getting longer again and then it means that you start the summer with a new bunch of friends skills confidence and this feeling of momentum and it's been absolutely amazing this year to see people go off and go and do whether it's events or races um, we had somebody in our Bristol group um, she was one of the ultra distance scholarships and she went and raced GB Duro and so it's just it's just so cool to see like it's just like the little foundation at the beginning of late spring early summer and then how that sets people up for a year of, of adventures is really great um, and then um, as I alluded to we're trying to work on a partnership with a big bike brand that would be hugely enabling in terms of what that would support us to be able to do and so at the moment we're just trying to figure out how that might work and we're also like super like we are led by our community so if people want certain things then you know we'll do that last year we did like an end of end of term like report card for us um and I think we'll do something similar maybe end of this year early next year where we just survey the community to check you know what do they what do they want how do they what do they want to get from the school of rocks and how do they want to interact with it because I think that's really important for us is that we don't like there's there are so many amazing things going on out there particularly within like the women-led arena we want to make sure that we're doing the thing that we can do to make the biggest impact and so it's making sure that we like fit into that landscape in the way that makes the most sense um so always always open to like ideas and changing and evolving as we as we grow and we have got fingers crossed a website coming very very soon with more of the amazing graphics lots more of the groovy cat um and just like a super funky design and I'm really stoked at how that's going to again enable the growth like it or like not grow like scaling I guess because like the Instagram is great but like just having a like a good landing page where we can have all the different schools on a map and just share a little bit more information about what it's all about I think that will be really helpful in getting the getting the word out so yeah slowly slowly catchy monkey <laughs> yeah it sounds really exciting it sounds like it's all heading in in a really good direction and um until the website where can people find so if somebody's listening to this and they're like this sounds amazing I really want to join a school or start one where do they need to go what do they need to do so they can go on the gram um and we're at the school of rocks on instagram or if you are super super cool and not on social media then you can drop us an email uh, which is hello at the school of rocks.com and then they can join um in our instagram link in bio there's a link to the discord chat um or if you email um, and you want that then that's like a super cool online uh forum um where people can join in in loads of different we've got like local channels um for different areas 
um, but also like global channels on different topics. So it might be like ventures, routes, mechanics, um, gear recommendations, um, how to deal with saddle saw and things like that. Um, so yeah, definitely get get involved in the online chatter um, as a as a gateway, I guess, for finding your IRL um, communities. Great, sounds really good. And yeah, I just think it's it's so needed and just really kind of. I just think it's great that you're giving up your time and that you've put so much into this initiative because it's just it's, it really changes people's perspectives and changes their like lives, I guess, to just be able to be involved in this and kind of do something that they didn't think they'd be able to do so I think it's fantastic and hopefully everyone who's listening um goes on and has a look even if you're not necessarily interested in doing it just to support um School of Rocks because I think it's 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 everything that we stand for here at Women's Cycling Weekly to be honest so uh, yeah it's fantastic thanks so Tilda should we sign you up I mean yeah I mean my off-road skills are pretty non-existent so you know I'm a massive mountain bike fan so maybe it's time that I up my own skills I know I'm not going to be the next Rachel Dustin but you know being able to ride over some rocks that would really be good for me I think so yeah new there's a new campus coming in Reading and they're all over the UK so if, if it is something you're interested in definitely look them up Um, we'll put all the info and the links to where they're at in the episode description so yeah if that's something that you would be into and you think that kind of a safe women only space would benefit you definitely check them out we can we can vouch for the vibes absolutely I wish if there was one in Girona I would definitely join it but the problem with Girona is that like everyone's already at such a level that already a pro (laughs) basically yeah or just like really good already so I'm just like hello but it could be all the uh you know all the road pros who have no off-road skills lining up you know, you and Cecilia Chutler big shredding the trails. <laughs> I somehow think that, like, even if she doesn't ride mountain bikes on the reg, she's probably far more skilled than I'll ever be. So true, but it's true. okay. It's okay. I've got um, I know someone who can maybe teach me some stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's a really cool thing. And yeah, like Tilda says, if you want to know more, then have a look at the show notes. Otherwise, um, we have linked everything in the subscriber in the newsletter from last week so if you get that then it's all there for you as well um is there anything left for us to say other than thanks again for listening yes and if you are listening to this for our two-year anniversary we're going to do a little special something for either the newsletter or maybe there'll be an audio element um and yeah, it might be kind of like a little Q&A with us. So if you have any questions that you would like to submit about the newsletter, about working in cycling, about anything like that, then you can get in contact with us. It should be easy to do via the newsletter, right? Email yeah, or just reply or comment. comment or send an email to mammalrepeller at gmail.com. Yeah, ask us anything. I mean, as long as it's appropriate, we'll answer it. <laughs> so, yeah definitely get in touch so yeah thanks for listening and see you next week bye bye